I'm here with Sequoia Nakmani. Sequoia, it's so great to have you. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. It's my pleasure to have you. Our pleasure to have you here with our listeners. So first, I'd like to ask you, where are you based and what do you do? Uh, I am in Northern California, kind of in the Bay Area. And what I do is I'm a spiritual teacher, coach, and intuitive reader. And are there any specific tools you use in your intuitive work? I definitely use tarot cards. Um, I also use oracle cards. I may use other tools as the moment calls for, uh, but those are my major ones. I feel like it's great to talk to another person who is a tarot card practitioner. Um, I would like to ask you, how were you introduced to tarot? Because I feel like everyone has a very unique way they've been introduced to, to the cards. When I was little, my mom and stepfather um, were into all sorts of woo-woo, quote-unquote, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and um, so they had decks and they went to get readings themselves. And um, that was, and also my, I call her my not-stepmom, my, my dad's girlfriend of seven years, <laughs> um, was also into many of those kind of things. So. It was around since I was little. Do you have a favorite tarot card or a few favorites? Yeah, I um, I mean, it depends on which deck kind of, but yeah, <laughs> I um, Queen of Pentacles, I really love, especially in the Lightseer's deck. I just like love she's like in the forest and she's like leaning back a little bit. And it's just gorgeous. Mm. Um, and then also the Empress and the High Priestess speak to me, not surprisingly. I love the High Priestess card. I actually, when I was in my recent trip to Savannah, Georgia, I bought myself a keychain of the High Priestess card. It's on my, my house key. Do you have a favorite deck? I know it's hard if you have several decks, just like choosing a favorite child, yeah. but do you have a favorite deck <laughs> that you use? Yeah. Um, I mean, the one I mentioned, the Lightseers, I go to that deck all the time. And um, it's, yeah, I would hesitate, like you said, to call it my favorite. Right. <laughs> but um it's definitely my go-to and the imagery speaks to me really strongly. And I like it because it also speaks to, seems to speak to clients really easily because the um, imagery is like a little more modern and I feel like clients can see themselves in it more easily. I'm going to have to look that one up because I don't have that, that deck. Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely going to look it, it up. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that you work with something called the Joyful Spirit Roadmap. Yeah. Can you explain to our listeners what exactly that is and what goals does it serve to fulfill for your clients? Yeah. So um, the Joyful Spirit Roadmap is my three-month coaching program. And the goals of that program, I mean, in some way are dependent on each client and what they are wanting to do in their lives and what goals they have for themselves. Um, but it combines spiritual practice with psychological principles. So um, a lot of the people who come to me for that want to deepen their spiritual practice and also want to address like, um, I keep getting in these same type of relationships over and over and I don't know what to do about it. Or I feel like there's something I'm really supposed to do in the world, but I'm afraid to like take steps to do it. Things like that. Um, where there like could be limiting beliefs to sort of undo. Um, so like we come at it from both angles. Really neat. And how did you develop the Joyful Spirit Roadmap? Hmm. 
in some ways it's like been developing for decades, but (laughs) um, (laughs) basically when I was seeing clients for intuitive readings, these same issues would come up over and over. And um, especially when like the same client would come for the same issue, uh, I realized like, oh yes, the reading is helpful, but then they also need like support along the journey to actually take the steps that are recommended in the reading. And also clients were asking for that. Like, is there a way I can see you more regularly? Um, And I didn't really feel good about being like, yeah, just get a reading every week. I felt like that's kind of overkill. (laughs) So I developed this. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Like, cause I think we're, uh, when I say we, I feel like mainstream culture is so used to seeing intuitive readers, like reading to reading, as opposed, it sounds like you create a sort of if it's like a little like a plan or a journey for a person after they've had a reading with you, if they want to pursue that. And yes. it's just like as a jumping off point from a reading, yes, which exactly is really right. neat. If you're able to share, is there a, a client experience that for you has been particularly impactful that really just sticks with you? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's many, but one sure. that I, that has recently come up that um, just made me, it really made me feel so good and made me feel like I'm like doing my job on this earth was I got an email saying, um, this is a client who had like come to me num- a number of times and in a reading, I had helped them connect with their mother who had passed on. And um, it wasn't a perfect relationship in life. Well, you know. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, right. Um, and there was able to be some real healing the reading and then um she also took some classes with me and she wrote me an email a couple months ago saying like through the readings and through the classes she took she was now able to connect through her own meditations through her own work to her mother to her spirit guides and have these profound experiences and she was talking about like oh you taught me the deep listening which is like a big deal to me yeah (laughs) Um, and I just, you know, that felt so good. I felt like, like, that's my job is to teach everybody how to do this for themselves. Personally, that one felt so good. I absolutely love that. The goal for you being, or one of the goals to teach folks how to do this for themselves with their own souls. That's, that's yeah. absolutely awesome. And I, I've never asked this question to somebody before, but when you channel, whether it's mm-hmm. through mediumship ability or um, through your clairs, like what exactly does that feel like for you? Because I feel like each person, obviously, yeah. there's so many types of intuitive workers. I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear how that feels for you when you channel. Yeah, well, I mean, it feels great, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I mean, I love being in contact like that. Um, but, you know, one of the things I notice is like my posture will change a little bit. A lot of the time I like do this little thing with my shoulder or my head, like tilting it over to the side. Um, and then also I get uh, chills or goosebumps, but not in like a, oh, I'm cold in this creepy way. It's like a very pleasant, lovely feeling um, that helps me connect. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to describe really because I can use words, but it doesn't quite get at it. Like that opening um, up here above my head where I like all of a sudden I get that, like, Oh, now I'm like clicked in. Now I've got it going. That's a hard feeling to explain. (laughs) I totally understand that. And what comes to mind is 
I don't know what they're called. Oh my goodness. In the old like days of when people would send, were they called telegrams? And you would see, usually there were women like with the, uh-huh. all the cables in the room. Right. It's like, yeah. Um, it's like, Hey, you're through. And then it's like, and then you kind of just, you'd like, you, Hey, and then hi, <laughs> someone yeah. responds on the other side. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally understand that. It's interesting because body chills are something I used to always say, I wish I could feel body chills when I feel mm. spirit or when I think of spirit. And it's actually started happening very recently that I am feeling body chills when oh. I think of or pray to my spirit guys or yeah, beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's a very recent experience. And, and, and actually for you, do you, do you feel over time that, the way you sense spirit while you're channeling or just, you know, throughout the day mm-hmm. that it has shifted or changed over time or evolved, or have you always felt the same sensations? Well, interestingly, I I've been doing these Friday lives. Um, and I was talking about today that I used to shut down that feeling of the chills. Mm. Um, and like, when I think back to that, I feel so sad for myself. Like, why did I do that? <laughs> um, so that one's been there for a long time. Um, and I would say that over time, what has changed is not, it's like more subtlety. Um, so like where I, when I look back on my life, um, in the times that I was like pretending this didn't exist, (laughs) um, I can see that very clearly I was still connected and still getting messages and, um, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't escaping it. I don't know why I wanted to, but anyway. Um, as I've developed it more and more, it becomes more apparent to me in, in like little moments, like, oh, that's a message from spirit where maybe before I might've thought like, oh, that's funny. I came across this book right now. Or like, oh, wow. My friend just mentioned this. And I was just thinking about it. And I'll just think like, what a great coincidence. So, you know, noticing like, oh, that's not a coincidence. That's on purpose. That's happening for a real reason. Yeah. And I feel like so many people more than we realize experience those moments. And I mean, you, you said yourself that you felt like you, you shut down like the body chills or, or those moments when they would come up, you would kind of like put them to the side. And I feel like so many of us have done that or used to, yeah. or still do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I, I know that when we talked before, you mentioned there are certain clairs that are stronger mm-hmm. for you than others, yeah. depending on the moment, what, what clairs right. do you most connect with? Yeah, um, Claire Audience is my biggest one for sure. Um, I talked about that deep listening. That's one of, even as I'm like telling you, I can feel it. <laughs> um, so it's usually in my left ear. Sometimes I literally will hear, but most often it's like I'm using this hearing and then I get knowledge. So that's like kind of a combination Claire Audience, Claire Cognizance. Um, and actually, I would say that their sentience has been there forever and I just didn't recognize it I've always known what other people felt and what was going on for them in their like you know physical body and I just I mean until a very very long time like I just thought like everybody does that <laughs> which I think everybody does do that um yeah so that one's been there and um clairvoyance is the one that I've had to develop more purposefully not that it never happened but um, that's one that took a little more effort on my part to cultivate. For those who are listening to our conversation, who may not be familiar with, I, I, I do feel like the tendency in the mainstream culture is to associate all psychics as clairvoyant. Right. Yeah. So, so what, um, for you, what is the definition of, of the, of the skill of clairvoyance? Basically like 
what I had to realize was like, oh, when, when spirit puts a picture in your head, like sometimes I would be saying to clients, I see you in this like lovely office and I can see your plants around or something like that. And like, literally I was saying that one day and I realized like, that's clairvoyance. Like what you just said, (laughs) you saw a vision in your mind that was given to you by spirit. Like that's clairvoyance. Right. Um, so, so yes, that's how I would define it. Um, and same thing as like the clear audience, you know, most of the time, it's not like I'm literally seeing something in front of my eyes. It's like with my inner eye visions are given. And when I realized that was happening, then I was able to, you know, cultivate it and like let the scenes shift and grow and, and people come in and out and whatever, but it doesn't have to be so fancy, you know, it can even be like, I see an apple in my mind and that's it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and with clear audience, does it happen that I think you might've mentioned this already, but just to make sure I understand. So sometimes you will hear something auditory outside of your ear, like, like mm-hmm. the way I'm talking to you and you're hearing me. And yes. so sometimes you'll hear something with your inner voice. Is that right? Yes. And, and way, way, way more often it's the inner, like yeah, the outer is very infrequent. And it's like when something is like so intense and so important that like it, it has to come through that way. And that's kind of the, the like message of it is like, this is so um, critical for this work right now that we're going to give it to you in this way. So you know how important it is. Yeah. Claire audience is one that I would like to try and develop and see where it goes. Cause Claire audience is the one that I struggle with the most. So it just goes yeah. to show yeah. for those listening that each intuitive worker is so different and it's not about yeah. being weaker or stronger. It's about just, right. everyone has different skills to certain mm-hmm. degrees. And my next question was about your love for music, which I know you have yeah. a history with working with music, but do you ever hear music with your inner voice, like through Claire audience? Yes. I mean, <laughs> big time. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, that's certainly one that has been with me for a long time. And and you're reminding me actually, when I was in high school, this was when, I mean, I still play music all the time and I'm very involved with it. But um, when I was in high school, it was like most of my entire day was taken up with music. And uh, I had so forgotten about this experience. So when I would fall asleep at night, like right in between, you know, waking and dream, I would hear like these incredible, incredible symphonies like just unbelievable and every time I would try to like really listen to be like let me like try to write that down or something or let me try to remember it it would like thin out to be something so like lame (laughs) (laughs) and and like if I just like let it be in this in-between dream state it was just unbelievable like I can't explain how incredibly gorgeous this music was Um, wow And so I'm realizing right now, as I'm telling you that, oh my, yeah, that's clear audience for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you're working with clients, does it happen that, um, like when, when a song comes into your head during a reading and you are recognizing it as coming through your clear audience, what is that usually, what kind of message does that usually bring up for a client when you do hear music? Yeah. I mean, usually if I'm hearing a song for a client or for myself, um, there's a message in the song like right in the in the lyrics I mean um and sometimes it's not a a song with lyrics so then it wouldn't be the message wouldn't be in words you know but I rec I would recommend if it is words that like I might just say the words in the reading but I also would say like go listen to this song and like see what this meaning is for you and if they are musically inclined I would also recommend that they learn it and play it and sing it 
I love that. Put it in their body in that way. Yeah, I love that. And how has music, because knowing that you were so involved in the music sector with, with that with that passion growing up, yeah, has there ever been any parallel between your love for music and your spirituality? Yeah, absolutely. other than like your other than your intuitive work, which we just talked about, but just right, like growing yeah. up. Yeah, I think <sighs> I have the chills right now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love question. it. We're meant to be talking um, right now. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that music has always been a spiritual practice for me, whether I was recognizing it or not. Um, and especially I can experience it on my own, like playing piano on my own or singing on my own. Yeah, I can get that connection, but especially playing with other people or singing with other people, there have been moments of just like profound joy and beauty in my life that um, come from that musical connection with others. And it makes me think a lot about like when you're harmonizing, when you're playing together, like you're literally getting your wavelengths <laughs> like either the same or so they're harmonious, you know? Yeah. We talk about like good vibes and get on the same wavelength. And I think music like literally is doing that. So there's that. And then also I think that being a musician and learning music, being involved in music for so long really developed that clear audience for me. Like there wow. are moments when you're playing with other people that you know what that other person's about to do before they do it. You're somehow hearing it before they're yeah. <laughs> getting it going. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fascinating. Now switching gears a little bit, um, have you had any experiences with the other side that have been memorable for you? Just like outside of your readings, just personal mm -hmm. experience with the paranormal, the supernatural. Um, and if if so, would we would love to hear about them. So one of the most striking uh, was this experience with my grandfather, which um, he died when I was in high school. And in his life, he was quite unhappy and extremely overweight and just like not, um, not living his best life, as, as we put it these days. And it was very, very soon after he died that I can't remember if, it, if we had had the funeral or the wake yet or not. But anyway, um, it was like very soon after. And I had had this mirror behind my bed growing up. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I just like looked into the mirror and he was there, like just radiant, his young self, like very healthy, very happy, clearly like at peace. And it like, it was very clearly him like looking back at me and it gave me just such a peaceful feeling, like such a wonderful feeling. It was, you know, it wasn't spooky or creepy or anything like that. It was just beautiful and I just like looked at him and he was looking at me and then I felt that feeling and I went back to sleep <laughs> wow and when Absolutely. he appeared in the reflection mm -hmm. well first of all when you're looking at the mirror did you did you feel like his image was only like do you, how do I say this so like did you look back into your room to see is he actually there or is that just the reflection is it the mirror or you just you kept no I didn't I, I just <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Some part of me was like, oh yeah, that's like, oh, that's clearly a spiritual experience. Yeah. Like I didn't, I wasn't thinking like, what? Um, when I ask, because I, there are many people who, who and I'm starting to believe this more these days that mirrors can be a portal to the other yeah. side. Yeah. Um, but not just to any, I mean, obviously your grandfather intentionally 
appeared for you in in the reflection of that mirror. And when you saw him, did he seem like a regular reflection of a human being or was there something different about him? He definitely looked like himself, but it was not, I had never known him. You know, I'd seen pictures of him looking this way, but I had never seen him like a healthy, happy. I mean, there were moments of happiness, but I, you know, I had never seen him in this way in my physical real life. Um, so he looked different to me in that way. And, and certainly like, yes, he looked like his human self and was appearing to me that way, but like his spirit was incredibly different. So that was more of a feeling than like Mm. what he actually looked like. Got it. Got Mm -hmm. it. And an experience like this, you said this was in high school. Yeah. And was this around the same time that you were putting to the side those intuitive feelings or at what point in in your life, in your spiritual intuitive life, Mm -hmm. did this occur? What place were you in? So I didn't put them aside until a little bit later in my early twenties is when I was kind of like that, but I also wasn't like, uh, I mean, I was reading tarot for my friends in my teenage years. So I was doing it, but it wasn't like, I don't know quite how to put it. It's not what I'm doing now. (laughs) I I get you. Yeah. It was more like dabbling or curiosity. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And I wasn't like, I wasn't saying like, no, there weren't spiritual experiences, but I also wasn't like deeply involved in them either. Right. I totally understand that. When I first started learning tarot, I was like, this is fun. This is, let's try this out. It's like, I hate to say this, but I think I treated it when I was learning it. Uh Not anymore. When I was learning it, like doing a magic trick, which is really terrible. Uh I I feel so (laughs) so sacrilege saying that today because I do not treat tarot that way, but I was so like not open yet I was curious so Uh it was more like this is a fun thing to do period yeah I want to ask when you delved into your intuitive work professionally for the first time uh, yeah what uh, when did how long ago did you start doing that I think I think when I really said I was doing it was five years ago you know I had kind of been doing it yeah (laughs) for a while but before I was like yes like I'm I'm here in the world this is work I do everybody I'd have to check on the exact date, but I think it was about five years ago that I, uh, that I did that. And what was that like for you to go from being very accustomed to having these intuitive, uh, these intuitive abilities and then making it part of your professional life? What uh-huh. was that like? Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny to say it now because it's, it feels, of course I tell everybody that's what I do now, but yeah, I definitely had some like hesitation and like oh people are yeah, are people gonna like <laughs> think this is weird and crazy and uh I was still teaching music I still do teach music two days a week and and I had worry about that too like oh like what if what if the parents of my students see that I'm doing this are they gonna think that's weird yeah just like those are kind of some old stories I had around in my head and um more and more it came to I also you know I live in California in in Northern California like it's one of the best places you could say this is one of the most accepting places you could say that you do this the more I told people the more people were interested um I it's like I'd have to really dig around just to to like find a moment where someone was like you do what that's great so yeah you know I like I said that's where I live too but I also feel like the more I started saying it, the more the people who were into it and believed and wanted to be a part of it showed up. 
do you feel that people that maybe would not have talked about this subject matter before you started doing starting announcing your abilities as professionally mm-hmm. like they almost like they came out of the woodwork like oh like I, did that happen for you yes totally totally yeah. um and I can even think of like musician friends I was playing with at the time who were suddenly like I want to get a reading I love that <laughs> yeah. I love that and what would you say to that uh, to that version of yourself I mean not to say you are a totally different person today but that mm-hmm. that that you in the past that was hesitant like what would what advice would you give that that sequoia today looking back first of all like good job for doing it <laughs> good job yes. for taking the courageous action to say that you do it um because that was like stepping more fully into who i really am um and i would also say like i mean in some way in some way it's perfect timing the way it happened but in some ways i wish i had done it before you know um so i might say that i might say like it's going to be better than you think so you mm. could do it earlier (laughs) you could do it earlier on I'm remembering that time more as I'm talking to you and like I did have to come to a place of like so what um if people don't like it they won't come to you and great (laughs) right (laughs) like you don't want people who aren't into it coming to you so haters gonna hate yes (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) I would I would encourage my past self to like cultivate that I mean I did cultivate that but I would encourage myself to do so more and are there any any resources that you went to? Uh, as I'm thinking for people who might be listening who feel they might have these abilities, want yeah. to develop them more, or maybe they're ready to delve into these abilities professionally. Mm-hmm. Are, were there any resources or any any sources of guidance that really helped you with that? Yeah, I mean, I um, especially as I started to say I was doing this professionally, I like followed everybody I possibly could who was doing it professionally. Like that was on Instagram that I followed as many people as I could. And that's just sort of affirmed to me, like, look, people are doing this. Like, you know, you're not like just out in the wind by yourself, no one else in the world doing this. And seeing people like committed to their own professional practice helped me be like, of course I could do this. Why can't I? If they're doing it, I can do it. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and what you do. Well, as I just mentioned, Instagram is a great place to find me. I am there as Sequoia underscore Nakmani. And Facebook is also a great place to find me. I do a lot on my um, personal page. So just like searching my name will find me. But you can also go find my business page, which is Infinity Tree Tarot. But that's probably going to change soon to my to my name. So um, if people are listening to this later and they're like, I don't see that, just search my name. And the same for my website, infinitytreetarot.com is very likely going to become sequoianagmani.com. So that's, yeah, those are the spots I'm at. Those are the places I'm active and giving teachings and all sorts of stuff. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sequoia, for sharing your story with us and more about your, your, your practice. And it was just so lovely to speak with you today. It was so lovely to be here. I had a wonderful time. If you have a question or topic you want me to cover on Third Eyesight, head to my website, juanfranciscospirit.com slash contact and send a message my way. If you really enjoyed this episode, leave a review wherever you listen. I'd really appreciate it.